Hi, welcome to Clean Slate with Vicki and Joanna. Every day is a clean slate and a fresh start. Make today the day. All right, welcome to a special edition. This is actually going to be a two-part series for Clean Slate. We have been honored to have a lengthy interview with Dr. Tim Cummings. And um, because it was a lengthy interview, we've decided to cut it up into two parts. Here's the first part. So welcome to our latest edition of Clean Slate. We have a special guest. Jill, why don't you do the Uh, intro? Introduce him. This is actually my new chiropractor, Dr. Tim Cummins, and I know him from church. We were actually ended up in the same small group last year and had I've been having some neck problems and people in the small group, you gotta go see Tim, you gotta go see Tim. And so I finally did and I learned more going to see him even the two hours that we had a little consultation then I think I've known my entire lifetime about the human body so I was like we got to get him on here because I don't think people understand um, the significance of posture and how much your spine and the alignment of your spine plays um, a big part in your overall health so I think it was real important especially for clean slate to have him come and talk about what he does well we are definitely honored that you took time out of your busy schedule to come and um i was sold as soon as jill came to the office um after your consult and she was like oh my god (laughs) this guy and and like she said she learned so much about um herself and her body and so maybe just kind of tell us a little bit about chiropractic uh, medicine as a whole okay. and um just maybe how we got started yeah, it's an interesting story started. too yeah yeah okay well um so first um chiropractic actually got started in 1895 uh, most people don't know that the the very first adjustment and what really kicked it off was a deaf janitor so there was a janitor in the building where this uh, man dd palmer uh, was working and he was studying and he was he was known to do some magnetic healing stuff like he was just interested in body physiology and trying to understand how the body worked and uh and so there was a siren that went off and the janitor didn't react to it. And so they started talking about the fact that um, he had had a trauma years earlier. And after the trauma, he had lost hearing in his right ear and and just wasn't completely deaf, but didn't hear well. And so D.D. Palmer um, was assessing spine stuff, um, ended up doing the first adjustment and the guy's hearing got restored. Mm. Now, the initial thing that was crazy about it, it was of course, is they thought, oh, we just found the cure for deafness. And uh, so a lot of deaf people started coming to Davenport, Iowa to figure out, you know, how can I get my hearing back? Um, And, you know, obviously, if you had your eardrum blown apart or, you know, if there was some other reason, chiropractic's not going to fix that. Um, But what they did find is that there was a large number of people that if they it was because of a neurologic interference, their hearing did get restored. And so that was really the start of what chiropractic began. And then um, historically, um, you guys remember the the big Spanish flu thing a few years back, and there was a lot mm-hmm. of scary because they said, oh, this is the similar strain to the 1918 flu pandemic. And if we look at the 1918 flu pandemic, it was the largest loss of life event in the history of the world, mm. you know, like worldwide, the number of people that died from that. And so 
Um, but one of the things that came out of it was that people that were seeing chiropractors, so back in that time, chiropractic wasn't a pain-based profession, which is what people kind of know of it today. It was a healthcare paradigm. It was like people got adjusted because it helped them just stay healthy and it helped clear their nervous system so that their body could just function better. And, and so there was people, especially in like Iowa and Kansas City and Texas, there was like these little hubs that had chiropractic schools starting in them where there was these little uh, hubs of chiropractors. And so they started, people with flu would go there and get adjusted um, when the flu and then other people were going to hospitals or whatever. And so when it was all said and done, when they looked at all the statistics, the death rate of people seeing chiropractors was 140th of the people that were being treated medically for the flu. And they couldn't explain it. Mm. They just knew that when you got adjusted, for some reason, people weren't dying at the same rate that people that weren't. And we now know that there's been a lot of studies done that shows that it directly impacts the, the immune system or the neuromodulation of your immune system. And so we now understand better in today's world, but they had no idea. They just, it was kind of like it just worked. That just work thing has really been the criticism of chiropractic from the get-go is because you get a lot of anecdotal things. People, you know, Harvey Lillard getting his hearing back. Um, you know, I was talking to, to Jill about uh, one of my patients that I had that came into me was a truck driver through his career and he was forced into early retirement at 55 because of uh, not only chronic back pain, but he had chronic kidney disease. And uh, when he came into me, his kidneys were functioning at uh, 18%. And uh, he had been urinating blood uh, as, a, as a, you know, symptom of that for many years. And, uh, and he came in and I was looking at the, our nerve chart and I just told him, I said, you know, Jerry, there's a really strong connection between kidney function and having problems in this part of your spine. He was kind of a, unfortunately, a typical grumpy old man. And, uh, <laughs> and he was just like, hey, doc, I can tell you're passionate about what you do and that's great. He said, but I, like, if you can help me with my back pain, I'm gonna think you're a great guy. And so I said, well, you know, Jerry, I, we can help you with that. So we started to adjust him. And after about six weeks of care, he came in on a Monday morning and he said, hey, I didn't urinate blood over the weekend. And so I said, oh, when's the last time that happened? And he's like, it's been three or four years. You know, every time I go, there's some level of pink in my urine. And, uh, and I said, well, that's exciting. And so he was going every three months to get his kidney function checked. So he had just gotten it checked before he came to see me. That was at six weeks. Another six weeks went by. He went to his nephrology appoint appointment and his kidneys were at 28% function. And so the doctor was like, wow, this is weird. You know, it's like, why, you know, what, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I don't know. I went to this chiropractor guy and, and he told me that, you know, nerve compression allow or causes things to not function right and so he told me that you know he felt that my kidneys would improve so you know and that it's not a, a cut on this specific guy but they it's very dismissive it's like well that has nothing to do with it like there's something else going on so um, long story short with that over a year time frame his kidney function got to 82 percent wow. so he was told that within less than a year he would be going on dialysis at the current rate of decline prior to him coming in and the thing i think it's important for people to understand is that chiropractic isn't a treatment for anything honestly it's like i don't have a secret adjustment that helps somebody with kidney function um, really the truth of it is is that if there's a 
disconnection between the brain and the body or an organ system and they can it can't communicate properly then there's going to be a negative process that happens over time sometimes it could be like if i cut the nerve going to your heart it's probably going to cause dysregulation right now but if i just put pressure on a nerve and i let it sit there for three years five years ten years over time there's going to be a decline in function and so by adjusting the spine, we're basically just reconnecting the brain to the body so that there's healing can happen, right? And so the foundation of it really stems from that. Um, chiropractic was never known as a pain profession um, until really about the 70s uh, is when it became popular. And that's because um, there's actually a big lawsuit that happened. There was a couple of chiropractors that got tired of the medical profession basically bashing them and slandering them over time. And so they sued the AMA and they won. So they proved that the AMA and, they, and in, in that lawsuit, the AMA actually had a binder document of how they were going to eliminate the chiropractic profession. <laughs> so they had a plan like over 10 years, we're going to eliminate this profession because they saw the chiropractic as a direct threat to their paradigm right mm -hmm. and so people ask a lot of like well why isn't there like a, a continuity you guys can't work together and really it comes from that you know it's we have two different paradigms theirs is a very kind of uh, deductive reasoning like if you go in with a toe problem they're going to assess your toe which isn't a bad idea but what if the toe problems come in because you have a problem in your low back well, I could treat your toe until I'm blue in the face. I'm not getting to the cause of the problem. And so there's just a different paradigm there. And so, um, so this lawsuit happened, chiropractic won, and you know, the EMA had to pay like a million dollars of restitution, which even back then was like asking all of us for five bucks. You know, they, it wasn't a big uh, hit on them. And so after that though, they, the, the good thing that happened was the precedent started that they couldn't openly slander us you know because you could go to a your orthopedist and they'd say well i was thinking of going to chiropractor and back in those days orthopedists like don't go there all they do is hurt people they do this they do this do this and now that can't happen even though i still get that from patients you know patients will come in oh i've talked with my ortho and he said whatever you do don't ever go to a chiropractor my my husband um come to find out he's got like stenosis mm -hmm. um and I, I guess you'll have to correct me on i haven't <laughs> i need to go to olivia to tell me the anatomy of the body um her um daughter or yes vicky's daughter's um about to start nursing school so lots of anatomy classes right. anyway he's got stenosis in one of the veins um in the back of his neck it was kind of a birth defect type of thing right and that was the one thing they said don't ever get your neck adjusted because it could throw a clot or do these types of things right is, is that true is that um so that you know if, when, if we're talking about the you know historical stuff against the criticisms of chiropractic um there was a lot of of things being said uh predominantly 80s and 90s that that you have to be careful because if you go to a chiropractor that they could throw a clot it could cause a stroke um and there was there was anecdotal evidence that said like well we do see that you know somebody went and got their neck adjusted and then they would have a stroke after that and so then there was a a big study that was done actually by the Canadian Chiropractic College um, where they assessed 
what was really happening. So it's what happens is you get what's called a vertebral artery dissection. So it's one of the arteries that goes up into the head and and the the artery will dissect or split and then it will cause pooling blood and it throws a clot. Um, and then it can create a stroke situation. And so what they actually found in all of their research though was that the spontane the artery dissections uh, the vast majority, like almost always, are spontaneous. They actually, if you look up the definitions, like spontaneous vertebral artery dissection. And so, and when it starts to dissect, people get neck pain. And it's pretty acute neck pain. It can lead to headaches. Well, the one thing that medicine has been, you know, nice enough to give us as far as what we're good at is back pain, neck pain, and headaches. Because there's so much literature that says we're the best option for anybody that has that so they're like so people are like oh well i should go to a chiropractor because i have this acute neck pain well they go to the chiropractor the artery is dissecting currently which is what's creating the pain mm -hmm. they get an adjustment you know 30 minutes four days whatever afterwards they throw a clot and then it got blamed on the chiropractor for damaging them so i'm not saying that if you're doing things inappropriately you can't hurt people you know there's there's risk in everything that we do sure. Um, but the thing that I always got frustrated with was, and it's not a two wrongs make a right deal, but it's like, you know, I always tell people chiropractors have like the least uh, expensive malpractice insurance of any doctor or healthcare provider. Mm -hmm. And we know how insurance works. If you have lots of claims, you pay high premiums. And if you don't have a lot of claims, you have low premiums. And the fact that we're the cheapest out there lets people know that we don't have those types of injury claims. And if something happens, it's not, again, nothing's 100%, but it's just not a likely thing. I mean, people take, you know, Tylenol every day. They take these things that are putting stressors onto their organs that could, you know, people don't know that Tylenol is the number one cause of acute liver failure in the United States. Mm -hmm. And something that everybody is told is this safer medication, all that kind of stuff. And again, and I'm not trying to, to just put, you know, deflect it by saying these people are doing worse than us or anything like that. But their bottom line is that there's risk with anything that we do. That's an excellent point because it's like follow the insurance rates for sure. It's the, the same yeah. reason why teenage boys um, are yeah. skyrocketing because they're the bigger risk. And right. that, what an excellent point. I mean, I never... I, I wouldn't know that information so that's that's fascinating yeah really, yeah really and great. I mean and it's and it's significant like you know I pay a year what your average medical doctor pays a month for wow. for wow. malpractice insurance mm -hmm. and so again it's not to say something couldn't happen you know we have you know cases of you know you get a an, an older person and if you're not careful and you don't have the skill to understand what you're doing if you if you're a female and you're 68 and you've got osteoporosis I got to adjust that person way differently than I'm adjusting a 28-year-old construction worker, mm. right? Because if I put the same force into that 68-year-old lady, I'm probably cracking a rib or I'm doing, so, you know, so it's like, you know, that's where the skill part of it comes into it and why why it does matter who you go to, you know, because you don't, you know, not, most chiropractors know that it's not a one-size-fit-all type yeah. of a plan. I, when, when Jill came and she showed me all of her, um, and you'll be happy to know she's doing her exercises, yeah. um, whenever we're talking strategizing with uh, my business she is over there with wow. all of her tools that right. you gave her and and I'm like oh I cannot wait to talk to you because this um, it's fascinating and when you brought up the whole Spanish flu and, and um, a great reduction in those that were getting chiropractic care did you see that during COVID did you see that your patients 
were not as susceptible to COVID? Yes, and those that got it um, had mild the mild symptoms. You know, because it's something that I talk about in my in my uh, consultation or my education class is that you know COVID was really a great. Uh, example of what real health is so if I ask people what health is they constantly tell me it's kind of the number one answer I get is how I look and feel you know like there's a certain look of a healthy person you should feel good um, interestingly enough that the, the definition of health has nothing to do with how you look or feel um, it's actually if you read like the World Health Organiza Organization's definition is it's a state of complete physical mental and social well-being and they actually even say not merely the absence of disease or infirmity so they're almost like it's not it doesn't really have that much to do with those things just by themselves and then Webster says it's how your body functions. It's you know how your cells function and your body functions. And so, so when we look at health, if we look at COVID, you know the initial strain that came out, which was the most virulent uh, strain, um, some people got that strain and they didn't even know they had it, or you know, or they had a mild cold for a day or two and then it was gone and then other people got it and they unfortunately died from it or they went into hospital you know like mm -hmm. very advanced things and i always ask people like well what's the difference between the person who died and the person who didn't know that they even had it and the truth is is it was their health going into the battle so we learned very early that people that were dying had a lot of comorbidities. They were diabetic, they were obese, they had high blood pressure, they had cardiovascular disease, you know, all of these other things. And basically their body was just at such a challenged state of health that when I dumped the COVID thing on top of it, it just overwhelmed the system and it couldn't do it, which is sad, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I do think it's a great testament that say, like, if people need motivation on why it is they should be trying to build health every day in their life, it's because, you know, COVID still hasn't gone away completely, but there's going to be another COVID. I mean, we've already had the bird flu and SARS and MERS. You know, like if you look over the last 20 years, it seems about every two to three years, we're getting some kind of a, a scary new thing. And so it's like, if I'm building health today in my body, then when the next thing comes along, not that I shouldn't be a responsible person, but I don't have to live in fear because I know that my body can overcome it, you know, mm -hmm. and that's really one of the things that we really stress to our patients one of the reasons why they're coming there yes to help them feel better because when people are in chronic pain let's be you know quite blunt about it they're not fun to be around right, right. you know they're grumpy they're short they just they're not enjoying life so helping people get rid of pain you know like i feel like if we get rid of all chronic pain in the world we would probably have less wars and less you know like yeah, all of that hurt. kind of stuff mm -hmm. because people are just grumpy when they hurt and so so that's part of the the foundation of people coming but then our goal is to let them understand that what we're really about is helping them restore health and really optimize function. So that way, no matter what happens moving forward, you know, the one thing that I know, like I, when I practiced in Colorado uh, before I moved here, I was there for 20 years and I took over a practice from a guy who got into a car accident. He was a chiropractor. He was unfortunately the type of chiropractor that was like an auto mechanic. You guys know the auto mechanics that have broken down cars. You know, they're fixing everybody else's cars, mm -hmm. but they're not fixing yeah. their own. <laughs> and he was that guy. So he wasn't caring for himself well. He was taking care of people. Him and his son were in the same car. He was the driver. His son was a passenger. His son's got a perfect structure because he's adjusted his son since he was been born. He's grown up in this life. And his dad had bad structure in his neck and they get into the same accident and the whiplashing event for his dad causes a fracture in his neck that required surgical fusion and he lost um, about 50 percent function of his left arm as a result so he was getting out of practice because he couldn't do it anymore 
okay? So I took over his practice. His son had no significant injuries from it. You know, he got adjusted a few times and he was restored well. Now, some people will say, well, his dad's, you know, 25 years older than him, and that does play a little bit of a role. But more importantly, when the spine's in the normal position that it's supposed to be in, it absorbs force and it transmits force efficiently. And when it's not in the right place, there's nowhere for the force to go, and the force needs to go somewhere. So it tears ligaments, it breaks bones, it does these things. And so it's a good testament of the difference between somebody having good structure having a trauma versus somebody having bad structure and having a trauma. You get two very different outcomes. Mm. Well, um, I think that's why Vicki is still alive is because I think before she got vaccine injured, um, she was in excellent health. Right. Just, um, uh, I mean, she, I think, I mean, exercised, ate right, she, she did all of these she did everything right. Right. And then when she got vaccine injured um, in, in a coma and ICU for several days and uh, lost her pancreas, it's just like, wow. Um, if I, I think she absolutely would have been dead if she didn't go into that event. In a um, great state in, of health. In a, yeah. in a great state of health, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. So something that I found um, very interesting that I wasn't aware of about chiropractic work is that they can work on infants. And another recommendation from the small group, when my um, grandson was really small, he had a lot of um, problems with digestion and his reflux. And it wasn't a reflux where he threw up, but it was clearly something that was burning him all the time. He was always in pain, never slept. And they were like, you should go take him to Tim. And I'm like, he's a teeny little, he's a little preemie. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> that makes no sense. So they can push on his back. And then I started seeing kids coming in your office and on your uh, video screen where you have that health stuff going. I was looking at um, a study that they did with kids crying babies and the adjustments and all that. And I was like, that's really interesting. So can you tell a little bit about how that works, what you do to an infant? Sure. and why you would work sure. on one yeah basically i you know i joke with people and say if, if you have a spine you're a candidate to come see us and babies <laughs> have spines yeah. um but uh the other thing is is you know they birth trauma all by itself is a huge problem um we've unfortunately turned um the birthing process in our country into kind of a medical condition versus mm-hmm. something that's been going on for thousands and thousands of years without the assistance of medicine. And I'm not saying that there's not some value in emergency medical care when, when it's needed, but as a result, I mean, we do everything wrong. We, we put women on their backs, we put their feet in stirrups, we, we do these things to give birth. And then the, you know, if you look historically, the natural birthing process was squatting, mm-hmm. you know, because we're using gravity and it puts the pelvis in the right position to open it up properly so we have less complications. And medicine is coming around like they have these birthing chairs now and stuff like that so it's good to see the the advancement which is a funny word to use that as an advancement because <laughs> it's going back to the way we should have been right. doing it all along um, but you know once the baby's head presents then it's the start to pull and twist and turn the head because we're trying to get the shoulders to pass and we're doing all these things and just the the logic behind like a baby has muscle in their neck but it's completely undeveloped they can't hold their heads up when they're first born so i just talk to people and say you know do you think it's possible that as i'm pulling and twisting a head and you know as a baby to misalign something 
and it makes a lot of people like well yeah that could happen you know if i pull on your guys's head really hard like nothing's going to happen because we have these very developed muscles and you know and, and we're going to be fine but in a baby they don't have that ability so when we get misalignments in that upper part of the spine um it leads to all of the chronic chronic baby conditions that are are just they're the ones that you know colic and the the gassy and bloating and reflux and constipation and all these things that just really make little little ones miserable mm-hmm. and they don't they can't communicate that other than crying to you and you know and and so and then i you know one of the things that i find so tragic with that is like you know a woman especially if it's their first child you know, they're looking around at their friends that all had babies and their friends' babies are maybe doing, they sleep well and they're not dealing with ear infections and they're not doing this and they're like, what am I doing wrong? You know, like, you know, and if you want to make a woman feel bad, make her feel like a bad mom, mm-hmm. you know? And so they feel so challenged inside because they're trying to figure it out and that's why they're going to the doctor and the people like, we got to figure something out. But then we're putting, you know, infants and babies on, on you know, high powered acid blockers and stuff in their stomachs. And it's like, we can't, we can't do that. There's got to be a, a solution. And so there's a tremendous amount of pediatric evidence that shows that when babies get adjusted, that colic decreases, their, their, mm-hmm. the fussiness and the screaming and the crying decreases, their sleep improves, they poop. You know, that like I have a, uh, it was interesting. I had a, a little girl that came in and she was four and she had been on Miralax already for about two years. Uh, because she just wasn't pooping and we you know assessed her and we started adjusting her and the mom you know comes back the next day and she's like well she pooped last night and i'm like well you know that's good you know and so she came for she came for probably about three months um a couple of she started off doing a couple of adjustments a week and then we cut it back to where she was coming every two weeks and you know now it's been a couple of years she's a pooping little machine you know <laughs> but now interestingly enough i'm seeing her little brother who now just turned he's just like two and a half suddenly he starts dealing with these issues too and so so you know it's a misalignment issue because the you know we have to understand that you know like at one point we were all one celled organism right the sperm and an egg got together right if we don't know how that happens i always tell people we hold separate classes for that <laughs> but um but uh so that one celled organism started and it turns into trillions of cells and i just like can scan the room here and say well your heads are all in the right place you all have arms and hands in the right place so there was an intelligence that took one cell turned it into trillions of cells and it knew where to put your head it knew how to differentiate a heart different from a liver all of those things and so that same intelligence if it's allowed to to work and do the things that it's supposed to do health is the normal result of that if we have challenges with our health then we have to understand well what's interfering with that intelligence or something interfering and so from a chiropractic standpoint spine issues interfere with that but that's not the only thing you know one of the things we do in our clinic is we we teach a we call our five essential approach to better health and we focus on nutrition you know i have a mcdonald's cheeseburger in my office that i bought when i first moved here it's 15 months old i have one at my old office in colorado that's about 15 years old now and they look exactly like the day you bought them minus they're just dehydrated and you know if you threw it at somebody it hurt because it's <laughs> pretty hard but it didn't decay you know the bun didn't decay the pickle didn't decay the cheese like it literally looks i have a friend that has one probably about 15 years old she has mcdonald's and i think like three different places because yeah. it doesn't like i'm not just picking on mcdonald's right all there's of, there's all three of them, of them. Yeah, and she has the them process. in her cabinet she brings them out every year and posts them here they yeah. are that here they are again. disgusting yeah and people are putting that into their body right. and you know oh. and the thing is is nobody 
like nobody if i ask you raise your hand if you think mcdonald's is a healthy place to eat nobody ever raises their hand but what's the one restaurant that has a trillion served under its sign it's mcdonald's right so a lot of times people will say well knowledge is power and i agree that knowledge can be powerful but if you don't implement it it's not powerful right you got to actually make some changes so our five essentials we focus on nutrition we focus on toxicity um, one of the, the U.S. is the most toxic, you know, the amount of chemicals that we allow to be put in our food and the stuff that's uh, done in food processing and then the chemical cleaners and all of those things. Like these things are, are astronomical and they're, they're harming our bodies. And so, you know, one of the things that COVID did, and if you were in the natural health world like I, like I am, you know, there was a lot of people saying, hey, when the whole um, Clorox white things, you know, you, there were like, there was like gold, you know, you could sell a bottle of Clorox wipes for $50 on, on Craigslist or something. Um, we were disinfecting everything when COVID first came out. Everybody was, you know, bleaching and this and this and this. And they, and they said, you know, just wait to see what happens in a couple of years, the amount of chronic illness, the amount of cancer, the amount of digestive and leaky gut and all these things are all gonna continually increase. And guess what's happening? We'll look at the stats. All of those things are increasing. Um, our environments, our bodies were, were intended to be exposed to things. That's how our immune system builds itself and keeps itself strong. And by creating a completely sanitary environment um, that with toxic chemicals to do it we're just exposing ourselves to things which is going to impact our long-term health and so uh, our, another one of our essentials is movement you got to move there's a genetic requirement for movement actually it's not even like it's just a good idea if we don't move bad genes activate and good genes get suppressed so we have to move and then the other one that we we talk about is mindset you know how strong is your mind in our you know because we know we can will ourselves sick just like we know that that positive mindset can help the body overcome something faster and so um, one of the things that i get frustrated with is in our medical paradigm um, you're giving your health to the doctor, right? Like I'm going to you, you're gonna run some tests and then you're gonna create some protocol for me to go on to, to treat this. And as soon as you give up your health to somebody else and you're not in control of it, you know, in that, in that frame, you're in trouble because there's nobody who knows better than you. The best doctor in the world lives inside of all of us. It's that innate intelligence that tells the body how to overcome things and how to repair. And so that's really our focus. And how do we get results that a lot of people don't get in chiropractic, you know, is because if we address all of those, if you've got a spine issue and you're eating McDonald's, you'll, you'll do better if we got rid of your spine issue, but you're still not going to hit a peak performance part because you're still eating too much McDonald's. Or if you're not moving, that sedentary lifestyle is going to come back and hurt you, you know, or if you're, you know, getting exposed if you're one of those clean freaks that are just spraying everything with Clorox and all that stuff like those exposures I'm like I always tell people like if you know easy the scrubbing bubbles it's like if it works so you don't have to you probably don't want to smell it right because <laughs> that's some toxic stuff right absolutely and so so like all of these things were you know and when you really think about it sometimes it can be a little defeating though because people are like well shoot we're all gonna it's die everywhere. it's everywhere right and it is true so one of the things we focus on with all of our people and our patients is we just say listen control what you can control we can't control our environment right here completely, right? Because there's other people that come in and out and there's this, so there's a standard that happens. Like I tell people in my office, you know, I put down, I put down vinyl laminate flooring in my office 
and we did it enough ahead of time to where the fumes were most likely gone before people came in but like the glue that they use to put that stuff down oh, yeah. is toxic right yes. so it's like i don't want it that's i'm not going to do that as my job you know like if the whole chiropractic thing doesn't work out at some point i'm not going to vinyl <laughs> laminate flooring because i'm not going to smell that glue every day and people know it because they don't feel good you know i went into my gym the other day and they were spray painting this mural on the wall when i walked in and they were using spray paint cans and they had doors open and were had fans going to try to ventilate but within about 30 not even 30 minutes it's probably 20 minutes like i start feeling a headache coming on mm. just because of me breathing that in when mm. i'm there you know so those toxins are all around us we just got to do a good job of trying to eliminate and change the things that we can control you can control the things in your home you can control the things that you're putting on your body and into your body and if we do a good job there because our bodies are designed to detox like we have livers and kidneys and de these things to help us with that i just don't know that our bodies were designed to be to be living in 2023 yeah. with the amount of toxicity we have. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, something I was thinking about, too, is, um, and I, and it, it's some of the things that you had told me, too, about, you know, I think it was something about the spine. Why would part of it degenerate and not the whole thing? And just thinking about how God created us, and it made me much more, I've always kind of been uh, skeptical about the whole, um, you know, taking, not opposite of the medical field where you do you know herbs and all these different things but i was like gosh if god did design us he probably designed our bodies to to heal themselves in certain situations and obviously the medical field is beneficial in some ways but the more i got to thinking about it the more i felt like it's a it's a band-aid for just having gone through what i've been through with with my neck situation it was always uh, how do we get rid of the pain temporarily and the shots and those kind of things, knowing that the problem, I always felt like there's no way I'll ever be better. I will always be masking pain. I had no idea that there is a possibility to, to be better. So it just gives me, just having gone there, gives me a whole different mindset about what the body can, what the body is created to do outside of medical intervention. Right. Yeah. And just imagine what the the world could be if if the medical field would partner, mm -hmm. like truly partner with right. chiropractic care and nutrition. This, and yeah, this reminds me of functional medicine right. because those doctors. Again, I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt because I have so much swirling now in my brain. I know. Uh, um, <laughs> the functional medicine doctors are almost like outcasts. Right. And that's what I'm looking to see right now with all I have going on because I have a whole slew of doctors and they're all fixing their part, but they're not looking at the whole picture the whole here. Picture. And I have managed, I feel like, to get off all medication except for insulin now, which is now always going to be there. And I don't want to go back because I wasn't on medication at all before, before any of this started. Right. So it's been a long two years. And again, I stopped going to my endocrinologist because she was not even interested in looking at everything as a big picture. Right. So it kind of reminds me of that, where if everybody would just work together and stop just throwing medication or drugs at things, because again, I don't even take Tylenol or Motrin. If I take that, I'm very, very desperate. And right. I really haven't taken, I would say in the past three years, I don't think I've taken... Motrin or Tylenol maybe once. Right. So mm -hmm. that's just. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, and and I agree 100%. You know, I, I feel like um, as medicine became more specialized, um, everything gets compartmentalized. And so you have, like I said, you go in with big toe pain. There, You have the big toe specialist who's going to analyze that thing. And it's like, well, but what if it's because my knee is bad and I'm my my foot posture is now bad and it's putting stress into my toe so we could do all kinds of work on your toe and that toe would still degenerate because the problem's really in the knee or it's in the hip or something like that and so having a you know a, a, an approach and i agree it's like you know uh, it's interesting because one of the things we hear um from medical people talking about chiropractic is like stay in your lane we hear that a lot mm-hmm. just stay in your lane well what's my lane well your lane's back pain and neck pain well, that's what you gave us. And that came out of that whole lawsuit. It's like once the lawsuit happened, they said, well, if we can't get rid of you, we'll put you into a little box, right? And so you're good at back, back pain and neck pain. We have to admit that because the research says it. So that's what you're good for. But don't, and, and listen, I don't claim, like I don't put any advertisement out that says, if you have chronic kidney disease, come see me because I'm going to mm-hmm. fix your kidney problem. That's not our advertisements at all. It's that if you have spinal issues and that it's creating no matter what process is going on your body it's interfering with it and it's leading to xyz problem but again you know and and i i joke with people because you know we get new bodies about every seven years you know minus your nervous system right so you have cell turnover and all that kind of stuff and so you know the truth is is that most disease processes for most people by the time the symptom shows up They've gone through probably two or three new bodies that have slowly gotten worse and worse over time. And then it finally got to a crux where the symptoms showed. And so, you know, and that's why it takes time to heal too. Like people want the quick fix. And that's one of the things medicine has something on, right? They're like, well, come to me. You don't have to worry about doing anything. You don't have to change your diet. You don't have to change anything. Mm-hmm. We can just give you pills. Mm-hmm. It's so easy right it's like oh i don't have to i don't have to watch my blood sugar or my blood sugar intake i can just take pills for my type 2 diabetes right and and trust me i had this conversation with my dad he just unfortunately passed away in february but he struggled with type 2 diabetes and and when he moved to colorado and lived with up by us we changed his diet he got out and just went for a walk every night and all of a sudden his blood sugar came down we had him eating a specific way, and he got off of his metformin. He got off of all that stuff. And then he moved back to Nevada. He got into his old lifestyle, his old routine. And I remember him calling me and saying, hey, my blood sugar's starting to get a little crazy. And I said, well, Dad, you know what to do. Like, I showed you what to do. And he's like, well, i got to be honest with you, Tim. He's like, it's a lot easier to take metformin and do what I want. Mm. And I, I think that's what most – it's just a – it's just – an easy fix and to continue your lifestyle because I would do anything to not be on medication. Right. And I, I think you were telling stories when she was meeting with diabetic specialists. They were used to having patients that would rather take the pill and they were even adjusting their kind of the normal range. Like, oh, you're in the 180s? That's pretty good. Yeah. It's and to me, that's not good. <laughs> right. Because I knew nothing about diabetes before all this started. So I have had to be my own doctor in right. research. And, you know, she's like, well, your blood sugar is is too low. I said, that's not too low. Well, your A1C is too low. You, you can't have an A1C too right. low, personally, right. I don't think. That I'm, I'm just not used to someone taking care of their body. Right. Mm. And I said, well, I have every intention on taking care of my body. Because the way she was looking at it was, 
we are not going to live to see the consequences of high blood sugar. Your diagnosis is so late in life. I say, but I don't want to be miserable <laughs> right. for the rest of my life. Right. It just didn't make any sense to right. me. Well, and, it, and and it's because you're you're the outcast, you know. And she is right, you know. Like I talk with medical colleagues and stuff like that, and they they I say, well, why don't you guys try to get to root causes? And they're like, people don't change, you know. Like there was medical doctors that would get blood work, and they'd say, hey, you know. And part of it is that you know, like they don't study that at all, you know. Like if you like medical, the average medical doctor gets like 13 seconds of nutrition in medical school, <laughs> yep. and so so they don't even really know. So they'll say, well, eat better and exercise. Well, that's a, not a bad recommendation, but what does that mean? You take right. somebody who's completely lost, and they're like, well, I used to eat 13 donuts a day, so I'm eating 10 now. I'm eating better, right? <laughs> but we can't have 10 donuts and still expect things to go well. So they're not giving – they tell them to eat or eat right and exercise, but they don't know what that means. And so then they try that, and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So this was a big thing in the whole cholesterol you know, scandal. It was like you'd go in, your cholesterol is a little bit high, and well, let's not put you on a drug yet. Why don't you eat right and exercise for a little bit? Come back and check it in a few months, and if it's not better, we'll put you on the drug. Well, nobody was better because then nobody changed anything, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So then their cholesterol, and you know, and and I'm not going to go down the road of the whole scam of cholesterol drugs and all that stuff. Um, if you really want to go a deep dive into finding, I I I believe that at some point it'll be like one of the largest scams ever pulled over on Oh yeah, they were people. trying to push it on me. Most diabetics are taking this. You should be you taking should be this taking too. It too. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not taking that. <laughs> I, wow. I tell you that's one thing COVID. I was a very trusting patient. I was raised and I think a lot of us have been um, for the last few generations is doctors are so educated right. and they know all these things. I was finding thank goodness for the internet i was becoming a better advocate for my health than my doctors were right because they don't do that anymore they're not in the business of advocating well, i mean i think there's a time and a place for medicine i mean there there are Ab good things of course but, right. but i feel like a lot of times you have to be your own advocate and yeah. be making decisions that and just not rely on this is what they told me you need to go in knowing some background right but if, i feel like 30 years ago you could do that more like i, I I know when I was younger, and maybe it was just because I was younger and I trusted, but I feel like there's been a very definitive shift in doctor, in the care that they give you. It's almost like you have to go in and say, this is what I need to happen because you've done your research. All right. Well, thank you for that excellent first segment. Now stand by for that second one on our next podcast. Sometimes we succeed in life, sometimes we fail. But every day is a clean slate and a fresh opportunity. Make today the day.